is that alien hot? <laughs> yep. <laughs> is this supposed to be? Am I supposed to feel this way? What is going on here? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. All right, it's another edition of Sincerely Unqualified. Today, we're going to be talking, honestly, a lot of stuff because we have TV shows coming out. We're still sticking to the comedies, though, because we're going Wayne's World today at the end. Uh, Absolute classic. There were obviously a lot of SNL sketches. Started at Second City, actually came to SNL. Then we had the movie. There, Another movie. There is a sequel. We do not choose to believe in the existence of the sequel. Wayne's no. World 1 is what we're talking today. Yeah, I think all we need to do is Wayne's World 1. Because well, I think the sequel, what, was like a year later? No, I no, I, that it we was, need to, I think it was a few. The, the sequel, actually, I, I did watch a while ago. It, okay. it was one of those things you knew what you were getting yourself into. But the reason that we went and did this, the original Wayne's World, is because yeah. I randomly thought of this thing that uh, my brother and I used to do. It's this monologue from Wayne's World 2 about the Bengal tiger. You know which one I'm talking about? No. Wait, oh, what is that he's one? He's talking about... It's just this roadie, and he's talking about how uh, Ozzy made him get brown m and so he had to break into a, a sweet shop, and there was a tiger, and then the, the like punchline is that he had to beat the... Uh, he had to beat the tiger and the shop owner's son to death with his shoes or something. <laughs> like, it's just super funny, yeah. but... Uh, so you two was, would go back and recite this? World. You're yeah. like, as oh, yeah, kids, yeah. you're just yeah. reciting a monologue about a, beating a tiger and a yeah. child to oh, it's death. Great. I'm, I'm saving the M&Ms. people of the pod a, a, yeah. a disservice by me doing that monologue right now. Because I'm kind of interested. We do have a lot to get into. Also, uh, congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Question mark. Uh, for your win on Sunday. Or for your cover. Either one. Uh, I'd be happy either way. <laughs> We're recording this right before the episode. Yeah. Or right before the the game. So I'm just trying to work All a little I'm reverse for is a cover. I just need right. both to cover. That would be amazing. You do have just both set, those teams. I think I have I it together. I said that because I was yeah. going to then take the other side. Once you put oh, it in okay. pod. All right. So we'll see it how it there, goes. Written in stone. I'm going to text you later today and see how that turns out. Either I'm going to be really upset with you and I'm not going to text you, which you'll realize you after the games. You could have told me not to before. Yeah. I, or I'm going to get a text from you just being like, how'd that work out for so, you? Yeah, just, Chiefs yeah. Rams. We're excited yeah, for the Chiefs exactly. Rams. Chiefs Rams, Bengals, and... Oh, wait, no. Bengals <laughs> are covering. Either way. Yeah, yeah okay. Throwing, I got confused for a second. You bet Momentarily confused. No, everybody's going to the Super Bowl this year. Everybody wins. It's fine. So... What we're doing today, just to set the stage for everyone, we because there's so much TV, I yeah. actually held out from watching, you know, my one of my favorite properties of Star Wars, I held out from watching Book of Boba Fett because I absolutely hate when I'm I realize that I have a show to watch that's halfway through the season and they're doing weekly yeah. releases. Like I'll go first episode and then do weekly, or we're I so will spoiled, wait till though. it's done. Well, that's so what I'm saying. With that. There's like, nothing worse than bi- like getting used to binging a certain show and then just getting go. shut out for the rest of the 
what like four episodes that it would have had to wait so yeah um that also I'm, I'm feeling that with peacemaker right now where it's so good every episode i'm i know you're a, a little like bit me. fatigued you need a little bit I'm of a break it, but dude. i i know you're not too much but other stuff I, to watch. I i well you know what if you were like me you could handle it all but i Content watch King. it every week and I feel that it's it's not enough. It's like forty minutes every week, and I'm like, shit. I gotta wait another week. Right? Shit. Yeah. I gotta wait so another that's week. that's what I'm doing with Book of Boba Fett, and then yeah. Winnie just just rightfully so, and because I'm not either. Watching How I Met Your Father. Uh, I I watched the first two episodes <laughs> yeah. uh, because my wife really wanted to check it out. We're big How I Met Your Mother fans, or at least okay. we used to be. So we were thinking, what? Why not just check it out? So what we're gonna do is do a little. True or false? We have three yep. things about the first th- uh, two episodes that I watched of How I Met Your Father. Really um, dug through it, and yeah, then you got Boba Major way in there. <laughs> Dude, I was watching it the first five minutes, and we were sitting on the couch. I just looked at my wife and just gave her a death stare, and she was like, "Yeah, I know, but we're Look. doing it. We got to check it out." I had a feeling that that show was going down in flames the second I heard the title. How it, I Met Your Father. It's just it not even. It sounds like some like I could imagine some Italian guy in Jersey just being like, "What they're making a new TV show? What's it called? How I Met Your Father?" Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I feel is. like that's how it got green lit. Is yeah. somebody walked in and it would be it was just like you know what would be great if you did now How I Met Your Father, and they're like, <laughs> no, "That's how you make money. <laughs> Keep talking. Keep talking." Someone, some exec who, do you think who lives in, in New York, like they're yeah. at their they're at their friend's place in Long Island. Some guys being really adamant. Now that's yeah. how you make money. And you ever seen Lizzie McGuire? <laughs> get that actress. You got to get her. She was great. You ever see that movie? You ever see? <laughs> yeah, so Hilary Duff's uh, How I Met Your Father. Uh, also, yeah. they iced out Santino. They, this was supposed to happen a while ago. It was supposed to be Santino and I think Anders home. From um, Workaholics? That's his name, right? Yeah. No, no. Those are their... I mean... But if you bring those two in, I feel like the comedy just steps up another level well, the immediately they, when they're brought in. And they now they're... the show, and now they, they brought it back. And um, yeah. So without further ado, maybe because we're yeah. talking high about your father, um, you know, two different caliber Jumped shows. Right in. We'll yeah. start it out. Uh, we're speaking Hillary Duff. So my first one, true or false, Winnie, is that okay. Hillary Duff's character lives in the old apartment of the crew. You know, that that Ted Mosby, yeah. um, Jason Siegel, and Allison Hannigan apartment. Yeah. You like how I'm I mixed s- characters in with actors yeah. right there, by the way? I, I saw that, yeah. No, we're, we're very Josh meld. Radner. We, we meld everything together. But I feel like that's got to be true because... Be, let, hear me out. Okay, go. I don't know how much of a budget this show's got, and if they've already got that set made and they're like, let's bring people back into the fold with this kind of how I met your mother situation, yeah. they're like, let's just have them move into the same apartment. Save on the set, save on the title, save on everything. All right. It's false. Oh. Because. Okay. Are they next The male door? lead, the, the Ted Mosby character is the one that okay. lives there. So somebody and does they live the there. Swords up. They sure do. But they redid the place. It looks different. The okay. walls are different colors, but they left the swords up. Some guy in the Wesleyan alumni yeah. group had this apartment up for lease. So this is literally going to happen with New Girl, where it's going to be new guy in ten new years, guy. and they're just going to be Dude, back I'll in be the, the loft. New guy. Yeah, yeah. Cast yeah. Me. Do the right Cast thing. Cast him as the new guy. Fox is that the one that did it? I think that was Fox. Right. Yeah. Second, Neil Patrick Harris has a cameo late in episode two. Yes. 
No. I'm not even going to explain. God, okay. You NPA know, is there anything true about NPA this show? NPA stayed out of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were basically right with the first one. It's just okay, different yeah. character. Half the Ted truths. Mosby character. Yeah. Okay, um, that's fine. Then the third one is in their crew, there's a guy who comes from British royalty that's now slumming it in New York. Hmm. See, that's an interesting one because I feel like it could be true, but at the same time, I don't know how it would be looked at. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go true. All right, you went you went one for two. That wasn't that bad. Okay. See, there is there for some reason there's a guy. Um, it's Hillary Duff's friend. She lives with. Yeah. Her, she has a boyfriend who quite obviously we came from British royalty and just couldn't get over living in. Oh. New York. They're slumming it. It's yeah. It's a weird kind of dynamic for this whole show. Axel Weber I mean, situation. Yeah, there are a few good. I mean, Hilary Duff's obviously a great actress. Like that, there are good actors, actresses in it. It just seems yeah. like I don't it's all know. writing. I feel like I saw one clip of it when they're like in the car, and it was just people on TikTok being like, "What is going on with this show? Like, who's writing this? Why?" And what are they doing? What I will say as a How I Met Your Mother fan, a self-proclaimed How I Met Your Mother fan is okay. they're not trying to make it like a current day show. They're making it a true sitcom. So okay. maybe we're just too jaded and we're like, this sucks now. But mm-hmm. it, it's pretty true know. to what like the old sitcom game is. It's just that at this point, I'm not... And that's the thing is I, I think it's yeah. like a Hulu original... Um, whenever I see that there's a sitcom on one of the major networks, like a Fox sitcom or something, yeah. you know it's gonna suck. It's not. It's not for me and you. So look, Hi, Met Your Father, not for me. I just thought that they might have done something a little different with it. So that's that's what happened to me when I saw a commercial for the show American Auto, and every advertisement. I don't know if you've watched football. You've yes. seen recently they <laughs> yes. toss it in there, and the Shit. one tagline is like. It's the new office being proclaimed by some vague website. And it's like, it's not the new office. That's I've good, seen one clip from the commercial. It's not. It's not. It's not going to be that's that. That's exactly what I was thinking, by the way, when I was like some, some major sick or major network yeah. sitcom. You don't need them. It, it also, when you're comparing yourself to another network sitcom, I'm yeah. sure it's the, On the greatest same one network. of all time. Yeah. You're already losing. You're fighting a losing but battle. If you have to say that, yeah. it's almost you're grabbing at straws at that point where it's yeah. you're reaching for anything to kind of get the show off the ground. That's and at I'm that saying. point, it's you've already lost. If yeah. you have to make a comparison like that, be like, hey, you like The Office? Well, maybe you'll like this. Yeah. Everybody, I feel like in my mind, I don't care what the show looked like. I was immediately turned off. I no. was just, I'm yeah. not going to do that. Can't watch. You're, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> American Auto is not for me and you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's right up my alley. Get, are they going to get into the the deep politics of Detroit and how they the, they decimated the city from leaving? I guarantee there's a commercial too in like four weeks where it's like Rain Wilson makes a guest appearance on American <laughs> no, Auto. Rain Wilson absolutely will not make a guest appearance I, on that. He will never make an appearance in the first two episodes of that show. Do you think we yeah. get a Tesla like an electric car joke? Oh, a million percent. Well, if it's not in the first 15 minutes. So I guarantee the plot of one episode is somebody brings in an electric car. And they're well, like, what are we doing with this what thing? What are we doing? Yeah. Guaranteed. All right. <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. Let's go. Book of Boba Fett. So my first one for you, true or false, okay? Yep. 
is Boba was diagnosed after leaving the Sarlacc pit with arthritis. And for an entire episode, he was scouring the galaxy for this one pill that could really cure him and everything. But it ended up being not available anymore because he's been in there for so long. So they ended up having to find somebody who could replace his hands with mechanical hands. All right. Well, yours are way more in depth than mine. Uh, my my knee jerk is to say false because it's not arthritis or something. But the rest of that plot is entirely true. It's completely false. He okay. doesn't have arthritis. <laughs> I was like, what? What would make him get arthritis in the Sarlacc? Just, just comes out and is just like, it's like, Ugh. man, my, my joints are pretty achy right There's now. There's no fighting involved. It's just like a fifty-plus-year-old Boba Fett going around being like, I need to see my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work on my mobility. Yeah, he's doing TB12 exercises. He's like, pliability is key. Don't give me that shit, tomato. It has nightshades in it. I was a bounty hunter. No, now we're venturing into the beekeeper territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. I slowly started getting into the Jason Statham. But the next one is, and this one might be a little bit, I don't know. Let's see. All right. Harrison Ford makes his return, and it turns out that he didn't actually die. Instead of fighting Boba, he recruits him to help him find the Millennium Falcon. False. Yeah, it's absolutely Okay, false. completely false. Yeah, no, yeah. not even going to okay. riff off that. That was just a very false, very false yeah. thing. Uh, well, it could have been cool <laughs> if that happened, but also <laughs> yeah, sure. probably not. Yeah. All right. So a Wookiee is hanging out at a space casino drinking the night away. Out of nowhere, he gets pissed at these lizards and he begins to tear them to shreds and rips their arm off. Yeah, very true. And I'm excited to see that. Yeah, that was true. Yeah, I'm excited to see that part. <laughs> yeah, that one's... Um, I, have, I have a guess, by the way. A guess of the... Literally, the, in the first three episodes, is there a non-human character? And I do have a specific mm-hmm. type of person in mind. Okay. A, a lady that's okay. oddly sexualized. Yes. 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 <laughs> first yes. episode? Have you watched Star Wars yeah. before? It's, Absolutely. They're called Twi'leks. It's the ones like the the green the or purple things? ones with the. Uh, oh no! Which ones? Like the Twi'leks they have like tentacles coming off their head. Let me see. It's the. Um, oh, it's yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. Of exactly. Course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the only <laughs> one that it ever happens to. Yeah. Dude, I that that was gonna be my only one guess about this whole show was that in the yeah. first few episodes you're just like, is that alien hot? Yep. <laughs> And you come to is, the same conclusion every time. Dawson? Yeah. <laughs> is this supposed to be? Am I supposed to feel this way? What is going on here? I think I might need this, to, to write a message Disney to my therapist. This is Disney Plus. What does a plus stand for here? Um, <laughs> all right. So before we get into movie update and movie news, yes. our little announcement that we said our, uh, was going to happen it's just, you know, new sponsor or not a new sponsor, an old sponsor coming back. We're excited that we're partnered with Manscaped again. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. <clears throat> Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code UNQUALIFIED for 20% off and free shipping. I think that Manscaped has 
such high quality products past the shavers which you're gonna need for valentine's day now they also have body wash and we got a two-in-one shampoo for manscape they're fantastic you're gonna need all that for valentine's day or your girl might leave you on valentine's day so don't let that happen and you're gonna get that stuff for cheap by getting 20% off and free shipping with the code unqualified at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code unqualified. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Jeez, Manscaped. <laughs> shoot your arrow. That's not, I don't buy that. That was pretty good at the end. Um, all right. So we're, we got Winnie back. We're stepping into movie update yep. here. Um, I... I think that I'll go first. Yeah. I, Why don't I'll, you take uh, us take the lead? I'll start take it us out off the runway. Little little director news here. Oh, so, really? <laughs> oh yeah. So Steven Soderbergh, he directs mm-hmm. Magic Mike. So Soderbergh said that Channing Tatum's character will be in a relationship for the final film of the Magic Mike series. Soderbergh's hopeful for positive reactions. After putting the audience through the very thing they were trying to escape. <laughs> Literally. I think that movie, <laughs> the sole purpose is just go and be like, oh, that would be fun for a second. Yeah, just just a ton of women trying to yeah. get horny for 90 minutes. And then, <laughs> they're and like, wait, like, this guy's in a relationship now? He's supposed to develop? No, 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 no. We <laughs> can't have that happen. Just Imagine they pivot at the end. They just focus on McConaughey's character instead the entire time and just go back to the beginning, but from him. I'm not gonna lie. I had clearly not. you have not watched Magic have you Mike, watched, Kevin. Have you watched? I both was subjected Magic to it. Not both. I've watched one of them. And which one? I watch for the plot, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get it. It's actually like there's a good through line throughout there's the movie. A thick plot. You just have to uh, get behind the the hot what? hunks. I watched it with people. I feel like after hearing Magic Mike, Magic Mike, long enough, just being referenced in things, you How gotta give it a shot. How much have you heard Magic Mike? It was in This Is the End. It was in this. It's in that. Every time you hear Channing Tatum, it's like, oh, Magic Mike. Like just, you know. I think of Stomp the Yard, Channing Tatum. Was that him? Wow, that was that's big of you to say. <laughs> was that yeah. him? I don't think so, but we can it say it was. You, you I'd give say your... Twenty One Jump Street. All right. you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Brad Pitt and George Clooney are teaming up for a new Apple Plus thriller drama, which I'm pretty excited yeah, about. Yeah. And it's in the news because they're taking a minor, or not minor, they're taking a pay cut, essentially, from Apple to mm. guarantee that there's a theatrical release. So kind of to compromise on this, Apple promised that the movie is going to be downloaded onto every one of their devices because this, they've got such a proven track record historically <laughs> with that for conversion. So... Noted Happy for Irish Brad Pitt. people enjoy when they get their content downloaded on to phones. The fuck is this free movie? It's two gigabytes. <laughs> <laughs> Some just people getting really angry that their iCloud yeah. is filling up for this movie. Hey, imagine I could think of a-, a worse movie than any Brad Pitt and George Clooney movie to get downloaded yeah. on your phone. The Beekeeper. I'd imagine that oh. it. Imagine taking up somebody's last storage. With like a two and a half hour long Brad Pitt and George Clooney movie on their Apple. They're trying stuff. to go longer than The Irishman. It's a four yeah. and a half hour movie. Dude, it requires a mandatory update to shutting down your phone. We need to uh we need to make sure we get Beekeeper downloaded on everyone's phone. We gotta gonna, speak to the guys at U2. I'm campaigning for it. See how they did it. We need that technology. Hey, Bada reach has out it. to us. Yeah. 
Oh, that was a disaster. But I'm actually, I wouldn't be opposed to getting this movie for free. But at the same time, I'd just like see my phone being slow for four days downloading this movie. You, by the way, this movie is not being downloaded on people's phones, right? No. That was, I tried that was to the pause tag. it six times. It just keeps going. <laughs> all right. So they used all my roaming. A little Mario <laughs> news that, that yeah. new movie that coming Always out that we're excited about. Mario. So Charlie Day is playing Luigi, and he said that the script is so top secret, even he hasn't seen it. Apparently, Chris Pratt just needs to finish up translating his sermon into Italian <laughs> accent. There's a On little the leaf that he's. Day. <laughs> he, he has it in Chris Pratt, but he needs to get it to Italian accent. And God said, "Wee." <laughs> he's he's trying to figure out how to work in the Goombas. He's trying to figure out if they could be in heaven or hell. He gaveth us mushrooms, <laughs> and not that kind. <laughs> he said, "We shall grow." <laughs> That, uh, that I'm would excited be amazing. For that scene. I'm just excited for that scene. A post-credit scene of Mario just giving a sermon. <laughs> Show us the behind-the-scenes tape. So, Tom Cruise is set to take a movie to space. So he's filming some scenes on the International Space Station, which I don't know if it's been done before. I think there's been movies that have gone kind of in those airplanes. They've been filmed up and down, gone to space, came back kind of like that fake space they're doing nowadays so he's pretty excited for the the new venture because as a noted scientologist tom was saying that he's finally excited to go on his version of birthright (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to to ride i'm trying to hitch a birthright ride with you yeah to israel that'd be that'd be pretty cool filming on the iss though that's pretty intense like people are conducting studies and tom cruise just flying around (laughs) it's probably more intense whatever tom cruise is putting himself through is going to be more intense than the really significant studies that are going on in the iss at that time he's actually just hanging on the side of the space vessel (laughs) instead of launching up to the top on the inside there's no oxygen i got it okay no I've got six clips. Okay, I've done this before. Someone's pouring some liquid into a beaker, and then Tom Cruise just <laughs> nails him with a kick. And they're like, what? "What?" Some person's new. They're like, "What, what was that?" Oh, that's he's, just Tom. He's got one clay heat shield panel. He's holding on the way up on the side <laughs> of the spacecraft. Some nerds coming. Oh, oh, Tom's just doing a scene again. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> But I'm getting it done. Um, shout out Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. So there was a, a contest that the yeah. original Freddy Krueger actor put out. It's a Valentine's Day card that the winner, congratulations to the winner. They made a card of Freddy Krueger kissing some, you know, creature. Um and, you know, I'm just proud of the winner because it was a really competitive group of artists drawing with their non-dominant hands. <laughs> it's like, I can't imagine what that card would be. It's like that one scene from 300 where the guy just goes into Xerxes' tent. And he's like, I want everything. Oh, yeah. That gets Very a little spe- weird. Specific <laughs> a little weird. reference. But you <laughs> know what? A, I like it. I like that it. That scene it, is wild. They had the same thing in Meet the Spartans. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Of course, your reference for everything three hundred, I feel like, is Meet the, Meet Spartans. the Spartans. There's definitely been times where you're like, "Was that in Meet the Spartans or 300? I, there honestly are times that I'm like, "Wait, which one was that again?" Yeah, uh, there is good. There, there's a picture of it. I'll send it to you. We can post it to Insta, or we'll okay. post that. We'll probably clip that out. We have it. Yeah. This this section is, by the way. Just a little interlude to the rest of our movie updates. Uh, follow us on social because we clip these out, put some video to them. Some are better visually. We try to keep them all good and just audio. But follow us yeah. on social at Sincerely Unqualified. Your next one, sir. Okay. My next one is, it was actually in the news pretty recently, which is kind of the basis. But <laughs> so apparently China had started showing Fight Club for the first time since its initial release. But the one caveat was that the final scene was blacked out. There's no anything. Right before the bomb goes off, there's text on the screen that essentially says the bombing was stopped and Edward Norton's character was soon after arrested for this. And I'm just glad personally that they left in my favorite quote, which was, of course, the first rule of Fight Club, fight club is never talk about Fight Club. Mm -hmm. To anyone other than your designated government official, <laughs> which is is a perfect line for a perfect movie. I'm just glad that they kept everything original. I'm just glad that they kept it original. Yeah, because the you know they have to own fifty percent of Fight Club. Yeah, no, that's that's how it works. <laughs> jokes, of course. They're good partners. Yeah, jokes, jokes. Um, you went to Scientology and China today. Um, oh so God. Taylor Lautner says Twilight fame made him afraid to go out in public, which is ironic since he's the only one that doesn't look like some incel that knows how to go outside. Uh, <laughs> Mess uh, that up. But the he's only the one, only one in the script that could actually go outside during the day. Like a, a little bit of skin tone. I mean, honestly, yeah. most of that cast had the skin tone of Nick Swartzen's character in Benchwarmers. <laughs> Another specific, another specific one. <laughs> like honestly, their skin tone they is like just eat sunblock. Yeah, their skin tone is me divided by you. <laughs> you know, for the longest time, I didn't realize that was Nick Swartzen. That character, yeah. what is his name? Howie. Oh my Might god, incredible. Yeah. yeah, that was probably my favorite character in the movie. Oh, it had to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, Howie Benchwarmers. Yep, he's got the. <laughs> he lives in his closet. Just the sun pokes out. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Explores it's his amazing. back, by the way. If you're, uh, you're yeah, in the he came back out. to L.A. Apparently, he was living in the Florida Keys very lavishly, which yep. is, sounds amazing. It I mean, does sound great. Um, speaking of Twilight, Robert Pattinson, yes. the Patman. Yes. In a recent interview, he disclosed that he thinks Batman's greatest fear is his mask being stripped from him. I know what you mean," said the serpent behind Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was a good one i'm glad that he finally figured out batman's greatest fear <laughs> i'm glad that somebody finally figured it out hey he wants to stay unidentified <laughs> you don't say he's really gonna get to know the character now the guy who runs around at night with a mask that nobody knows it's him doesn't want his mask taken off it's kind of his thing Notes taken. There was there was some deep dive of characterization that he went through. Yeah. All right. Um, Look, as long as it's not the Jared Leto method, we're gonna be in a good spot. Okay. As long as we're not sending dildos. Robert Pattinson actually just becomes a billionaire and just puts himself 
<laughs> puts himself up for adoption. He's just fully <laughs> He's involved in the character. That's yeah. what Daniel Day Lewis would do. <laughs> Robert pay Pattinson kill his parents. Found base jumping off the Chrysler building. <laughs> like, okay. Pattinson, for some reason, can't stop talking like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, do we want right. to talk any of these news stories? Uh, on my end, we got um, uh, Channing Tatum in a relationship. The top secret script for Mario. We could discuss what that might be. Uh, no, we're not doing Fred Krueger. How can it be? No, Taylor Lautner's just mega fame and then yeah. the Patman. I agree with Taylor Lautner, though. I will say. Dude, that because has to be crazy. I hated, like, I see videos of the paparazzi and everything, and it's just, it's so much. Like, there's got to be a point or there's got to be some legislation where... If you're deemed a celebrity or if you have this this presence on the street where you're constantly being filmed, yeah. I'm advocating for this because I see so many videos <laughs> that would annoy are. the shit out of me. You like are. if you're, I was in that situation, I would absolutely hate it. You're taking a stand that I think isn't too popular right now and you're saying, let's make sure we shield the rich and famous. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, look, I, I've seen videos of people no, that are, I'm, I'm if you're being you. filmed constantly there should be a designation of you can only film them for x amount of hours during the day and if you have more than this or you can only you can't like if they get into a motor vehicle there's footage of like toby mcguire getting into a car with emma stone and they're not being able to pull out because the flashes are going yeah. like that could cause a car accident you, you know how there's i know you're be- serious about this yeah you said motor vehicle you're really thinking you're you're thinking of the legislation and i appreciate that speaking someone needs to stand up for these mega rich famous people yeah now somebody's gotta do it i'm absolutely there with you i don't think it needs to be legislation i think people just need to stop being assholes you know and i honestly think with the rise of podcasting and and social media and everything that there's less of a paparazzi thing going on hopefully Mm -hmm. quite honestly i don't know but yeah there's nothing worse i mean literally so when he was Apparently, like 16 through 18, he couldn't go out for a walk because there were cars waiting outside his house and like following him to the airport and stuff. And that's another weird thing when you have these kids in these movies. Because, look, I said incel that because they're super pale and don't go outside. Like, it's, it was also speaking of oddly sexualized characters, (laughs) like Twilight, these. These people just risen to mega fame out of nowhere. By the way, this it wasn't exactly out of nowhere because he's in Cheaper by the Dozen too. He Very he was also movie. in a Spike or not Spike? Yeah, kids. that's right. Uh, shark. He was Shark he Boy. Was shark Boy. He's yeah, Shark he was Boy. Shark and Boy and Lava Girl with George everyone's Lopez. Favorite, everyone's favorite. Yeah. Cheaper by the Dozen too, which is a fantastic movie. Honestly, Cheaper by the Dozen slaps. Yeah, it's actually but a very good movie. It's a, such a good movie. But I will say, like, oh, what was I gonna say? There's there's got to be a limit to it. And I don't know. It'll come back to me. I just had it'll a come really, back to you for now. We'll say really, like it, really good point. <laughs> Be ready, folks, because it's gonna drop on you oh, soon. My point was, I think we should start an an awareness campaign for this. And I think you want to get out ahead of it. Doing it, we should sing a song and get people to oh, send clips okay, of them. Okay. Say, I think that really gets the message out. Let's let's make sure we contact Gal Gadot's agents just to make yeah. sure that she can start it because the when best. she started the one during the pandemic, oh my god. I mean, we were good from there. 
the best was the John Mayer clip of him singing Ariana Grande's Imagine instead of John Lennon's, and he spliced it into the clips. So oh, he was he- like, I didn't get invited, or I got invited, but I didn't get the memo that it was that Imagine. So he's singing like Ariana Grande, and it just <laughs> clips out when it's just like, imagine all the people, and then it goes to him just singing an Ariana Grande song. Shout out John Mayer. He's he. I mean, he's hilarious. He could be a stand-up. That dude rips. Yeah, yeah. apparently he would like to. But he was like, um, when he would go to the store with people, apparently he was just like, yeah, I can't get away with like joking about things because everyone will freak out. (laughs) That's what happens when you're not a comedian. Did I tell you my favorite John Mayer story that happened? It's at a Dead and Co show in California, and was I there? All the speakers go out. I don't think so. I was there, but you probably weren't. I was there and it, all the speakers go out, everything except for his mic. So they're working on it and they're they're like, oh, a technical difficulty. Bob Weir tells a knock-knock, or not a knock-knock joke, a duck joke. Everybody's dying. And it's like a, a two or three minutes of kind of silence, everybody waiting. And John Mayer just walks up to the mic and he goes, I think this would be a perfect time for me to play my hit song, Your Body is Wonderland. And everybody went nuts. Like, that was probably the funniest thing I've heard him say. Did he end up doing it? it? Just, no, he was okay, just fucking so around. He's not, like, he was just like out of touch into a, a yeah, huge he's crowd like, of dead fans. <laughs> it's like, now's the perfect time for my song, Your Body is Wonderland. And everyone <laughs> just started dying. He just, That's a very meta thing for him to do. I would yeah. like him to be like, you know the problem with fat people? <laughs> you start going off on a stand-up set. <laughs> yeah. You guys ever had a Dodger dog before? Um, oh, another thing. The um, yeah. this what's what's the deal with this thriller that uh, Brad Pitt and George Clooney we, are going to be in? So we don't know much about it. Okay, and. Honestly, like, just make Oceans 14 at this point. Imagine it's just Oceans 14, and they're just like... I is would that be in the for one that, franchise? Though. Yeah, is that one of the very few franchises that we would be totally cool with them doing something yeah. like that for? Absolutely. I Look, there's, there's the Expendables, which I think just kill it. Done. Don't do it. And then there's the Oceans movies, which... No matter how silly they get or anything yeah. like that, they're still fun to watch. Yeah, it's just they, kind of a turn your mind off, like watch some uh, 12, 13, and 11 people <laughs> rob somebody. The Expendables is like an all-star game for yeah. action stars that are just about to get into a wheelchair or at exactly. least need a walker. Or Chris, Chris Hemsworth to bring in the <laughs> younger crowd. <laughs> just need a a quick fusion of young in there. Everyone from who was prominent in the 80s and 90s action film wise, and then Terry Crews and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Terry <laughs> Crews just finds his way into everything. He's amazing. Look, oh, that Crews guy can awesome. be in it. You got. I just saw a longest yard clip the other day, and the best like you gotta. You always gotta watch your McNuggets when he gets hit. The so, by the way, Joey Diaz longest. is in that movie. We'll we we'll just move yeah. past that. People forget. Is the longest yard good? And yes, like, I was I just it. a kid and I loved Longest Yard, or did people dislike Longest Yard? The you know I obviously don't think the there's a Adam consensus Sandler. dislike for the Longest Yard. I think it's really funny. I mean, it's Chris Rock, Adam Sandler. You can't really go wrong. I think it's one of the earlier ones too. It's pretty good. I mean, for what it is, it's a football comedy movie, and it yep. was obviously a remake. But yeah, I yeah. think like you got Sandler in it, you got Rock in it, it for, you got everyone. Joey Diaz take it for what it is, Uncle Joey. 
enjoy it. I think we should do that one week because I we think will. we should do That's a, a non nostalgia version of like, is this good? Yeah. Yeah, that's what's funny about going back and watching these movies and actually deciding how much of it was nostalgia, like Princess yeah. Bride last week. You know, all right, it, look, you know it was what? a cute Give me movie. A break. No, it's a good I, movie. I'm just saying that was a good example. It was a good example yeah. for you having it in your top ten and rewatching it, thinking objectively about it and strongly reevaluating. Yeah, but- <laughs> which is what we're going to do with Wayne's World. Um, Wayne's World is an absolute classic in terms of a true comedy and that's you know that's what we're doing here which actually by the way before we go to wayne's world um even though that was a seamless transition that was really well done i think we're (laughs) wayne's or uh what we're gonna do next week i there's so much good stuff coming out we want to start watching uh will arnett's new show that's coming out on netflix welcome to murderville it is a uh improv show that he has different celebrities get on with him and kind of work through this story so like marshawn lynch is one and then he's gonna have some comedians with him so um, we're looking forward to that that start or that comes out on the second um Mm -hmm. and there was actually a british show that did that same thing and it's murder in Somersville, i think let me just double check but it's the same premise and it looked fucking hilarious so i'm very excited for this the British version's always better. And then we are also... Uh, Jackass comes out next... Or this week. Uh, so next week we'll be, be doing Jackass, I'm sure. Um, I, quite honestly, Murdering there's probably not going to be much though. to talk about. Maybe we'll do like a top 10 or a top five favorite things or something. Something fun around yeah. Jackass. Because, you know, when those guys get together for what should be their final film that's not going to be their final film, you gotta talk about it yeah. on a comedy well, movie podcast. There's gonna be Jackass and it's gonna be like passed down to the next generation. Which I'm excited because for because there are young people that like yeah. dude it, when are the Nelk boys just gonna make a movie? When are they, and they just <laughs> release it on YouTube? Buy our merch. They're going to do like a live jackass show and be like, merch drop coming in 20 minutes, okay? Dude, they, they do they do well. They did $23 um, million in one day. Insane. insane. But well, I don't know. All right. I don't really follow that. But Me neither. One last comment yeah. is I think jackass gets passed down, and I think that it's going to be spun as jackass is an idea. Jackass isn't us. It's an idea. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, look, Bam missing from this one is going to be a huge miss. And then obviously, unfortunately, the people that we lost, like Ryan Dunn, yeah. like an absolute star in Jackass. Um, so it's just going to be a little different, but still, yeah. I consider like if you have Knoxville, Steve-O, um, you got like the, Man, you, you yeah, got a lot of people. You got the yeah. glue guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on here from that little interlude to the movie we're doing Wayne's today, World. Wayne's World, an absolute classic. Party time. Excellent. Yeah. The one thing that I think that we can start out with Wayne's World, I kind of forgot how front-loaded this movie was. Like They kind of yeah. run through everything in the first like 30 minutes, but that 30 minutes is absolute gold. In terms of quotability, in terms of even the storyline throughout the first 30 minutes, like it sets everything up in a really fun way. And like you get yeah. the Bohemian Rhapsody right away, which was actually my first thought. I was like, I forgot they did this this early in the movie. And then I said that again. And then I said that again. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's right. Now I remember why I was like, I don't know. It kind of loses me in the middle of the movie. 
Um, yeah. It's not. It's probably not meant to be a full ninety-minute movie, but <laughs> it, it, like I think that the first thirty minutes is good enough that you can kind of sit through, and then obviously at the end, it, it gets pretty fun with the different endings and it, yeah. it the. You have the uh, sponsor bit throughout, which, by the way, Manscaped, if you want to buy us out, please do. Just give us money. Um, and that, But that really is about the whole thing. Like, I loved the first 30 minutes, and I think it's okay that it was front-loaded. Yeah. Oh, that's a, I Okay, so I'm going to start. You got the timer, or yeah, you want me to? Yeah, I got to? you. All right. So I think that I, I agree completely. Like The first 30 minutes were perfect. It brought us in. It was comedically hilarious it was a ton of little bits that really roped you into the movie itself and then it slowed and it slowed for a reason that i think that this movie was thought of in bits and throughout in bits and then the middle is more of the let's bring the plot in a little bit and the plot wasn't as strong as like all of the bits because it came from an snl sketch yeah it's got to be expanded upon and and turned into this real thing that's not to say that I don't love this movie, but the there's a little lull in the middle part where it's like, all right, let, let's maybe I can take my eyes off the screen a little bit. Maybe I don't need to pay so much attention. They rope you back in at the end, like you said, with, with the multiple endings. I thought that was funny. Breaking the fourth wall constantly throughout, I loved. It's almost like they were filming it in front of an SNL audience, but the SNL audience was in a theater. So I do love the movie, but it's got its fault it's an absolute classic yeah yeah and that is something i should point out too i absolutely love this movie um my first point actually is so my wife asked me she because whenever you watch movies this is no secret you think about or you relate to certain characters you think you're more like one than the other um and she was like which one's you and which one's winnie out of wayne and garth and then i realized specifically about garth dana carvey's character I was like, yeah. I don't know a single person like Garth no, or even close to it, but for some reason it still works. Like he's, it's not even like he goes so crazy that Wayne needs to play like the straight man to him. Yeah. And he's just this in, intensely comedic character. He's just, I guess he's intensely awkward is, yeah. and you know, awkward people. Just a guy who doesn't really feel comfortable on film by himself at all. And you even see that when he's in the diner being followed by the camera and he's like, oh, look over there and just disappears. Like every time he's just insanely uncomfortable and needs that kind of sidekick. Yeah. But I don't know. That's an interesting question to think about. Like, well, I think in this duo specifically, you can't really equate one of us. to. No, no, you can't. But that's there's no that's what seriously just made me think about who would even be like Garth in my life? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know anyone. I don't really and know that I know anybody either. I think that's what's so interesting with the dynamics behind this movie is because Mike Myers, or Dana Carvey was a bigger hit than Mike Myers, especially when they started out with the sketches at SNL. Yeah. So Mike Myers kind of had his guard up and was trying to make sure that he outshined Dana Carvey in a way, apparently. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think is so funny is because Mike Myers really is the guy. Like, it's Wayne and Garth, but really, yeah. like, Wayne's the main thing here. And it's Mike Myers developed the sketch at, at Second City, and then he moved yep. it to SNL. So it's kind of funny seeing the dynamic of, like, I don't want this guy who barely has any lines that no one can relate to to outshine me. Exactly. And I think that that's perfectly flowing into my first point, where this was almost like Mike Myers' coming out party, yeah. where... 
he needed this platform much more than Dana Carvey did. Like Dana Carvey was, as you said, the star. Like he was a big star on SNL, obviously still is a big star, was hilarious. Mike Myers, this is his first movie and it gave us the floor to be like, all right, Austin Powers. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And it propelled him, I think, to the next level where he might not have gotten if he just stuck with SNL and didn't really jump to like this movie. So I think, I don't know, I think it's it's really interesting to see him take on the real lead role and have Dana be the sidekick, but yeah. I think it was necessary for both of them to do. And that's not to say that Dana didn't play his role. He played his role incredibly, well, but he obviously had other things. That's the thing I think about Carvey is he's such an intense character actor. When I say intense yeah. character actor, I just mean like his generally his... Like it's committed. his committed no his his comedic value comes about from doing a very specific niche character, um, yeah. and that's what Garth is. Wayne's more of the accessible one. He's like that's kind of where you get Mike Myers to be able to launch for, to a an Austin Powers kind of thing. Yeah, um, Austin Powers is one we absolutely have to do. We got to do the whole thing, like at yes. least the first and second one at the same time, because I love those movies yeah. so much. Yeah. My other one was how good um, Al Bundy, <laughs> the the, uh, the manager at the donut shop, is when they they oh give him God. one line, and you can tell in this movie <laughs> there there are a few cameos. Too. Like I'll, I'll do mine about cameos because I do. You have a Chris Farley point coming up. No, I just had one about Ed O'Neill's character. Yeah, it, like him him talking about murder and them yeah, being the like, wait, time. we're the only ones that are supposed to talk. Like when when <laughs> someone's that good that you just throw it in there. <laughs> yeah. I I was going to say about Ed O'Neill, my, I want to meet whoever came up with his like six lines and just shake their hand. Because <laughs> <laughs> his character is the funniest thing in this movie, for me at least, where he just pops up randomly and goes like, if you kill a guy in the heat of battle, you're doing your duty. You kill I think, a man out of passion. Say, it's called murder. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you know, if you kill a man in the uh, dead of winter, their body will steam. Yeah. <laughs> the wounds will steam. The wounds will steam. Oh, Just dude. running a donut shop. He's here twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Um, my my third point then will be, you know, I got to bring it up. The soundtrack to this movie is fantastic, and I oh, think absolutely. that's really what propels the first thirty minutes because you have Bohemian Rhapsody, and that's a huge part of what people think about when they think about Wayne's World. But like past that, you have the Alice Cooper scene. You have the. Um, just the I'm blanking on her name actually, but the band that uh, Cassandra, yeah, Cassandra's band, like she, in in the Wayne, words of Wayne, she really does wail. So like, I, yeah. there's just such a there's such a quality aspect of having good music in movies that can yeah pr- just keep it moving, just keep it moving, and then that's something in the middle they just didn't do really. Which is fine. Yeah. They needed to develop a plot, but it was just, it, it seriously felt like they thought of it as a stand up set and they were like yep. a modern day stand up set. Not like back in the day where they say, hey, you got to work on your closer. Like your closer has to be the strongest. Now they actually say, put it in the beginning because it's on yeah, Netflix and them. people will just turn it off after 15 minutes anyway. So yeah. it literally, it, it's so front loaded. That was, that should have been in my one minute, but got to make the point. 
No, I completely agree where it's just like the music almost at points kept you involved in the movie when it was reaching a lull or it was heading toward a lull. The music was so good that it was worthy of like, all right, I'm going to stay involved. You yeah. know, like yeah. then the performances were great. My last point is have we seen anything like did this movie spring anything from it like was there any larger influence that we've seen wayne's world have into this like are there any movies that you've seen come out of wayne's world that are like this i don't want to say stoner comedy but not even that it's just like the I think I, I get what you're saying. It, it's not. Yeah. I mean, sure, it is probably it's not a stoner, stoner comedy, at all. But I'm, I'm. I, there's a specific form of comedy that it is, which I love, where it's like they'll break the fourth wall, they'll do this, yeah. they'll do that. They're yeah. just having a blast with the movie itself. I don't know any specifically that kind of came right from it. I think that the this 2000s was just like, are very different, right? I think that this was just a product of the time, like the, yeah. you know, at the turn of the century kind of thing. You had Road Trip. Yeah, uh, I honestly think it's just funny, goofy movies, and generally yeah. it involves just dudes hanging. Like that was the one thing I was thinking during yeah. this movie is like that's it really is. It's it sh- look, you know, girls, guys, whatever. The girls can enjoy this too, but really, this was just like two dudes hanging. <laughs> like, it was just dudes hanging, shooting the shit, saying some things you might not hear anywhere else. Yeah, it's literally it's literally everybody. This movie is if it was made 20 years later, it wouldn't be a show. It would be a podcast. Yes. Wayne's World would be we're a podcast. That's actually something yes. I was going to say. This it, We're basically when, when my wife asked that, I was like, we're basically Wayne and Garth and the fact that like they have their small public access TV show. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's basically <laughs> like what a podcast is now. That's not like super successful and has a sponsor, which is by the exactly. way, we got Manscaped. If you want to buy us out, do it. I don't know if you try to get into that, but Jack and Cole, do it. Give us, give us a do salary. Do it. Do it. Um, so we can move into facts about the movie because, especially yeah. like with this pocket of SNL movies, like the kind of older ones, yeah. I absolutely love these these kind of behind the scenes facts. You know, yeah. especially because a lot of them are just childhood movies for a lot of people. Um, yeah. So I mentioned him, but. This is like, honestly, one of the things I keep in the back of my mind every now and then when I come across Alice Cooper comes from this movie and just that like, oh, he's actually a normal guy. Like he actually knows history. Apparently that's true. So Alice Cooper actually thought he was just going to be doing a song for the movie and he didn't know he was going to be doing a monologue until he got to the set. And then he was doing his history buff kind of deal, which he actually is apparently a history buff. It was kind of funny, like show them showing the kind of person Alice Cooper apparently genuinely is through this funny monologue. Yeah, the whole like <laughs> Milwaukee, Milwaukee, yeah, which is Algonquin for the good. That whole thing was hilarious. Just to see him full in makeup and everything, and he's like actually the most interesting thing and going into that history rant was awesome yeah Uh, apparently also i uh mike myers ended up directing a documentary about Mm -hmm. alice cooper after because he met with his agent when he was talking about the song that cooper was gonna do he was trying to get one of the classics but the agent ended up convincing him to do one of his newer songs be my frankenstein and then um he ended up like liking him that much that a few years later he directed a uh, a documentary about it. Yeah, I mean it, it seems like Mike Myers in this movie fought for a lot of 
different songs and he yeah. knew kind of the what he wanted because he actually fought the studio to use Bohemian Rhapsody too. Originally, it wasn't supposed to be Bohemian Rhapsody. It was supposed to be a Guns N' Roses song. And he, Mike Myers threatened that if they didn't use Bohemian Rhapsody, he was going to leave or something like that. He was going right. to leave he the movie, not do it. was just fighting super hard for it, yeah. And in the scene, they ended up using it. In the scene, if you watch, you can see that Dana Carvey hadn't memorized the... <laughs> the song at all which fits his character perfectly because <laughs> he's just kind of like nodding along not Off really going with the song yeah yet, and everybody else is saying it's awesome yeah so that's just a little thing he just didn't prep for it and it ended up working out yeah. perfectly to this very day i honestly wonder how many people if they ever hear bohemian rhapsody come on at the turn when it like it starts picking up and they start headbanging in the car how many people headbang to that song at that point I feel like a good amount has to be. I mean, I do it. I know that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what, because I tried to find that too. I wonder what Guns N' Roses song they want or wanted, or if they were just like, we want a Guns N' Roses song. Um, I'm sure it was a Guns N' Roses song because I'm with the studio. They were just like, let's pump this out there. It's the same thing with Alice Cooper's agent where it's like, let's get the new stuff out there show everybody yeah. like hey that's it's, a good song they'll the go thing. buy an album I, that's the problem i feel like it would have been like this is for a niche audience right now but it probably yeah. would have been like november rain <laughs> it could have been you sweet know, child of mine though I, i'm sure it would have been it was probably but, gonna be that one but, but still like it's not the same was, yeah. it was too perfect that was so much yeah. fun um so garth you know we, we were talking about dana carvey's character acting yeah. and part of his character was that he had an overbite so yeah. he, he Data Carvey forced himself to have an overbite for so long that he had like intense jaw pain and just after every single day he would have to ice down his jaw. Like that's that's, that's just so painful. Yeah. That's that's like the same level I'd equate Daniel Day Lewis and Daniel Day Lewis is getting dude. into preparation for. Yeah. I'd say that that's putting your body in harm's way for a role. Completely agree. Dana the Carvey man. Joaquin Phoenix, hold hand in hand. They're both yeah. they're both going the extra mile. And Dana Carvey too. He actually performed Garth's drum solo in the music store, which was like thirty six seconds long. It's a long ass solo for a movie just to keep you captivated. So he previously played a drum solo in one of the SNL sketches, sketches, <laughs> and sketches. Hey, he played it in the sketches, but he played it in one of the sketches that. Wayne's World was based on, and yeah. then they brought it into the movie too. It's really cool. I mean, it's a great solo. It's crazy to see him actually playing that. He is. That's he's super talented. Talented guy. Um, and also the uh the lead singer, uh Tia Carrera. Yeah, she, that was actually her wailing. That was her singing the whole time. She could actually yeah. sing like that. And honestly, she was so good. Like, yeah. like talented people back. are talented. Did you know that? Did you know that no. people in major movies are sometimes talented? Multi-talented. You don't say. Uh, so this is also one of the only SNL spinoff movies that grossed over $100 million. And this was just Mike Myers' film debut. So he was an absolute yeah. star right away in the movie world. Obviously, you know, he had Second City, then SNL, so he mm-hmm. was kind of primed for it. And mm-hmm. this was one of... An absolute classics 
film debut as well and Chris Farley. He had a little cameo, but you could tell that it was <laughs> he yeah, was doing was his Chris Farley stuff. Yeah, you could tell they were like, we, we need him in for a while. He sure knows a lot of detail for a security guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was great. And, so I think, I don't know if that was improvised, but there are a few things that were improvised throughout too where the scene where they're laying on the car hood yeah. was entirely improvised, waiting for the planes to fly over. So there was no real script for that scene. They just kind of ad-libbed the entire thing. And originally they had been waiting for planes to fly over, kind of waiting for that whole scene. But at the end of the day, it was the last day of shooting. The plane that we really see fly over them is actually just a four foot long model. So yeah. they were just ad-libbing, going about it. And last day of shooting, a little tired. They're like, all right, just say whatever you want. We'll get this done. Call it a day. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, by the way, when we were watching the movie, I pulled out my computer to search right after that that scene happened. I was like, that yeah. had to be improvised. That was one of those yeah. things you, at least one of the lines I figured was. Um, and it's funny because I was thinking about it at the end of the the filming. The way Mike Myers was on the set, it's pretty famously known he was tough to deal with. So there was, yeah. you know, there's some controversy about him and Dana Carvey's relationship, but the one relationship that was completely strained that everyone knows about, or that, that everyone knows about, that we know is true, is that Mike Myers and the director really didn't yeah. get along at all. Like, she did not like working with Mike Myers. And then there is some, uh, and it's Penelope Spheris, by the way. Um, yeah. Then there is some controversy about whether, why she didn't, direct Wayne's World 2 and they think that it probably had a lot to do with Mike Myers yeah but they ended up you know burying the hatchet they had a little reunion and also apparently when she saw uh Austin Powers those movies she basically forgave him for just how good he was (laughs) yeah I feel like does the artist excuse or like the ends justify the means I guess I I also heard like he was going through a rough time, but that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't excuse anything. You, I heard there's a story of him going on set and like flipping the table because they didn't, they had margarine and not butter. I mean, come on. Like, it's the same thing. It's just, yeah, apparently a lot uh, of diva, ad, uh, diva attitude that was going on. Yeah. Uh, he gave us Austin Powers and all that stuff, yeah. which is fun. But yeah. <laughs> the last thing I want to touch on is, is there's so many random lines in this movie and just things that, may not make sense to anybody else around the world. Yeah. And they actually didn't make sense to anybody else around the world (laughs) because most of the lines were tough to translate, like the slang dialogue and everything for foreign markets. So when Wayne says, like, a monkey might fly out of my butt, it it translated in Spanish into when judgment day comes. (laughs) And then there's some lines that just had nothing to do with the original. So if you're seeing this in another language, there's some lines that are just like absolute gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. If you speak another language, you need like a specific dictionary for it. It's like a clockwork orange. Yeah. (laughs) They just a new vocabulary. Just nothing that makes sense in any other language. They're like, I guess invent something for this. I don't know. Just, Monkey's going to fly out of my butt. Oh, it's Judgment Day, eh? Yeah, like, okay. a very American movie, but we loved yeah. it. Absolute SNL classic. Uh, yep. Next week, we got Jackass, and we're probably going to end up watching this Will Arnett show. We're excited for I'm that. I'm so going to watch it, yeah. So until then, I'm Kevin. I'm Winnie. We'll see you at the next episode. Keep your hive intact. <laughs> Just-